You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. I hope you guys are all doing great. A lot to get to ahead on Locked On Cougars. It is a Twitter Thursday addressing your questions. Don't have a lot this week, but we'll get to those nonetheless. We do have another transfer to the BYU football program, and it's from a former commit coming south from Logan and Jacob Robinson, the former Orem Tiger. We'll break down his game a little bit on ahead on today's show, and we'll also continue our countdown towards BYU Spring Ball. Get you guys are burning question number three as we count it down towards Monday and the start of spring football for the Cougars. Of course, we'll also catch you up on some of the other news and notes out there for BYU sports. BYU baseball hard-fought loss in their opener against Texas. We'll break that down ahead on the show as well. So a lot to get to and let's waste no more time and have some fun with it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 25th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to download your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. We are your daily source for all the BYU sports news you need to know about as a Cougar fan. That way you are the smartest BYU fan when you're talking with your family and friends. And a big thank you for joining us every single day. Getting going here on a Monday edition of the show. Let's start off with some good news on the transfer front. That is the defensive back Jacob Robinson is committed to the BYU football program. He's a transfer from Utah State University. He entered the NCAA transfer portal just a couple weeks ago, but he is a former BYU commit. The reason why Robinson went to Utah State originally is because BYU, when they initially took his commitment, it was contingent on him being a gray shirt, meaning he would sit out the first year of college football that he would uh, be eligible for and then join the program the following winter ahead of the coming season. So, What happened here is that Utah State came in with an offer that he could play right away. Robinson, deciding he wanted to play football right away, took the offer up in Logan. And I can't blame him one bit. These are competitive young men. They've been playing this sport their entire lives. They want to take advantage of it. Well, he went up to Utah State, played four games for the Aggies amidst their condensed schedule, had eight total tackles, one tackle for loss, and one sack. Uh, And I thought had a decent showing at Utah State. I know the BYU coaching staff was very high on Robinson's potential when they took his commitment early on in the recruiting process. They thought down the road he could be a guy who could make an imprint on the BYU football program. And funny enough, how this is working out with him transferring to BYU and obviously the 2020 season is not counting against anybody's eligibility. In essence, BYU is going to benefit from him getting D1 experience in Logan, playing for the Utah State Aggies, and he's going to come to Provo, take what he learned from Utah State, build upon it, and be a freshman once again this upcoming season. Obviously, we are all awaiting the change in legislation that will allow the one-time transfer immediate eligibility rule. I expect that will pass at some point this year. If it goes into effect this fall, great. That means Robinson can join the program and get right to work competing for playing time right away. If not, he'll have to set out a year and then he'll rejoin the program and compete for playing time next year. 
I think this is a solid pickup for the BYU football program. I don't think that Robinson is a come-in-and-start-right-away guy. Utah State didn't see that in him. I don't think BYU necessarily saw it, but they see the potential in this young man. And if he can achieve that potential, he has starter-caliber skill set that could really benefit the BYU football program. So... It'll take some time, but I, at bare minimum, I think this is a great addition for the depth of BYU's defensive secondary. I'll tell you this much. I do not see Jacob Robinson playing safety anytime soon, if ever, as a BYU Cougar. I think his frame, it's pretty slender. He is going to be a cornerback. That's what he played in high school for the Orem Tigers, winning state championships there, and I think that's where you'll see him stick as a BYU football player, but I don't think that's a bad thing. One other note for you guys, this will be the second transfer in the last week or so to commit to BYU. Mufi Hill Hunt, a former product of Murray High School in Salt Lake City, is going to join the BYU football program as a graduate transfer. Uh, Hill Hunt was a four-star prospect originally in high school, a guy that BYU pursued heavily, ultimately decided to go to Michigan State due to some family connections he had with the Spartans. Injuries really curtailed his time there. Came home to play for the University of Utah, spent the last year up on the hill in Salt Lake City, and now joins the BYU football program. Do I expect anything from Hill Hunt? Honestly, I do not. I think he comes in and is a depth guy along the defensive line for BYU. Pending how much weight he has put on, it sounds like he may be more of a candidate for defensive tackle rather than defensive end. But if he comes in and proves that he's capable of taking some playing time and offering a guy who maybe is a second stringer who can give some of the starters a blow when they need it to come off to the sideline, that's pretty dang good because at this point he is not going to be an impact guy if he were to come in and end up showing that he is starter caliber man that'd be pretty impressive but like i said i am not counting on it so my overall assessment of taking both jacob robinson as well as mufi hill hunt as transfers to the byu football program is yes you take these transfers they are guys who are going to compete for playing time i don't think they're immediate day one starters the second they step on campus at byu but they can come in at the bare minimum offer a whole bunch of depth and that's what you're looking for with byu they're trying to create quality depth that's been the one thing that separates byu from other power five programs is that byu's ones and you probably heard this before on this podcast and other people make this argument but i believe it wholeheartedly they're uh, ones at BYU, so the starters at BYU, they can compete with the starters of most programs around the country, not named Alabama or Clemson, probably. The problem is, is when you get to your backups, your second and third stringers, BYU's second and third stringers aren't as good as other teams' backups. That's where you lose things. Kalani Sitake has made a diligent effort to uh, upgrade the roster, the overall talent base of the roster, make that second and third string unit on par with other Power 5 programs. I don't think BYU's there yet. Maybe they will never get there in terms of having that quality depth. But at the bare minimum, I can see an increase in talent amongst the reserves for the BYU football program. And that's a credit to Kalani Sitake. I think he's done a marvelous job making sure that he does his due diligence in finding the right guys to bring in. Guys who will buy into this program are going to come in and work hard 
offer everything they've got for the program and it's going to pay off at some point down the road and I think that a guy or guys like Mufi Hill Hunt as well as Jacob Robinson they at the bare minimum and this is the bare minimum this is like the floor of what you can expect from them they come in and make the reserve status of BYU along the defensive line and the defensive secondary they strengthen that unit at least from a reserve standpoint if they end up becoming starter caliber guys great that's a bonus that's the cherry on top of everything else so i like the additions of both Mufi hill hunt as well as jacob robinson and we'll see if it all pays off it's obviously going to take some time for you guys to get ingratiated with the program get caught up on the the defensive game plan the terminology the playbook all that stuff that goes into joining a new program but we wish them nothing but the best and of course we'll be tracking more and more of this as the offseason rolls on i expect byu maybe has a slot for one or two more guys if they wanted to out of the transfer portal but there's no guarantee exactly how many people may be interested in coming to byu and or byu being interested in how many guys they want to bring in but they do have a little bit of flexibility not a lot like i said two spots at the very very most based on what i understand of potential guys to add via transfer this year so it's gonna have to be somebody pretty impressive for byu to use up one of those two spots to bring them in and we'll be sure to track anything else that happens throughout the upcoming offseason all right so there you go some of my thoughts on the addition of jacob robinson and mufi hill hunt coming up here in just a moment burning question number three as we count you down to byu spring ball it begins on monday kalani sitake will speak to the media today Today is kind of a pre-spring practice look ahead. We'll have more of his comments on tomorrow's podcast, but looking forward to that. Excited to catch up with Coach Satake and get ready for the upcoming spring ball. We'll get to another burning question as we get you ready for spring ball here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com, folks. What it is about Rock Auto that I love is that anymore, if you look around, there are so many manufacturers of cars. There's so many different models in each car manufacturer line. It's impossible for any one place to keep it all stocked on hand at a chain store or at a dealership. And guess what? RockAuto.com wants to be that solution for you guys. You can go to RockAuto.com right now. You can look up your car, the make, the model, the year, and then search for the parts you need no matter what it is. New carpeting, a new rearview mirror. You need... I don't know, a brand new engine block. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are looking for, but go to rockauto.com and check it out. The best part about it, the prices are always reliably low at rockauto.com. Why potentially pay up to twice as much for the same parts? Oh, and by the way, rockauto.com will ship them directly to your door. It's a fantastic resource to make sure your car stays in tip-top shape. I cannot encourage you enough to take advantage of what they're offering our listeners. Go check them out now, and while you're there at rockauto.com, make sure to put Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box that way, they know that we sent you to check them out. So once again, that's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. Guys, I want to encourage you guys to take advantage of a podcast that's been going on this network for a long time, but is a phenomenal, phenomenal addition to your daily podcast listening, and that is Locked On College Football. Our hosts here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the cover college teams, they host the show every single day. It's a look at the sport that we all love, and if you guys want to get that kind of that 
big overall picture look at the sport of college football. Encourage you guys to download Locked On College Football, subscribe and or follow wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as we get ready for BYU Spring Ball, which is coming up on Monday, it's crazy to think it's that quick uh, to come, but we're excited for it. The announcement came out last night. The Spring Ball will wrap up by March 26th. So it's going to be done in the month of March. COVID notwithstanding, obviously COVID could wreak havoc on this, but I think that the numbers are indicating that we are getting ahead in this pandemic, and that's the good news on it. So BYU now looks forward to spring ball. We've been doing these burning questions to count you down towards it. And today, we're talking about a specific position, and that is the left tackle position. Brady Christensen is headed to the NFL draft. He's going to be a mid-round draft pick based on most projections, some as high as the second round, if you believe pro football focus. I see him, and based on what I've heard, is more more of a round three to five. I would expect he probably lands in round four, but wish him nothing but the best moving forward. The question now is who is going to replace that critical position, replace him at that critical position on BYU's offensive line? Well, I think there are two prime candidates that are going to battle it out during spring ball, and they are guys who have a pretty a large amount of experience, all things considered. One is Blake Freeland, the former Harriman High School star, a guy, and actually funny, both of them are Harriman High School standouts, so funny enough, uh, both Mustangs, former Mustangs, competing for this job in Blake Freeland, as well as Harris Lachance. Both of them have the requisite size you want to see as a prototypical left tackle. Freeland listed at six foot eight, six foot nine, uh, 300 pounds, still looks like you pack on plenty of weight. Harris Lachance, also six seven, six eight, plenty of weight in his own right, I think listed at 310 or so, and both of those guys are going to get first crack at replacing uh, replacing Brady Christensen. Who do I think is going to replace him? I think it's ultimately going to be Blake Freeland if he can prove that moving to the left side is the spot for him. This kid is a true athlete. He played quarterback, tight end, defensive end, but no offensive line in high school. He was a great athlete, just extremely tall, and didn't necessarily uh, have a position that he excelled at. BYU saw the potential in him to be a potential NFL draft pick at offensive line, and they recruited him as such. Programs like Utah came in late after seeing the same potential in him, but as the son of a former BYU player, the Cougars were where his heart was at. He came in, and midway through his true freshman year, after, like I said, not playing offensive line in high school, ended up starting, I believe his first start was actually the Boise State game, funny enough, and the rest of that season stayed on the right side at right tackle for BYU and was very, very good. At points last year, also started at right tackle, was the key backup, the main backup of that position, and now if he can prove that moving to the left side, he's capable of locking down the quote-unquote blind side of BYU's quarterbacks, I would expect that he's probably the odds-on favorite to win that job. Harris Lachance will get plenty of opportunities to prove that he's capable of doing that as well. A guy who signed with Utah State out of high school, projected to play defensive line, came home from a mission, had a growth spurt, the frame filled out for him, and now he looks very much like a guy who could be an impact player. I think those two are going to battle for this left tackle position. And whoever, quote-unquote, loses the battle probably ends up at right tackle. That's funny enough. Either one of these guys, they're probably projected to be your starters, your bookend tackles. just a matter of which one looks more natural at that left tackle position for BYU this coming fall. Other guys who could enter the fray, in my opinion, include Mo Unatoa, the former transfer from Utah. Not necessarily the most prototypical size and or athleticism you want for a guy who plays offensive, especially 
especially left tackle, but he is a capable, capable offensive lineman and a veteran presence, a guy who has earned his stripes at Utah and now at BYU and could be a guy to keep an eye on. One other name to keep an eye on going into the fall is a kid like Dylan Rollins coming in from the high school ranks in Montana. Probably going to be a backup at the very, very best, but interested to see what he can do. And then one other name that I have heard, I'm expecting to see him play at guard. I don't necessarily think he has the footwork to play tackle, but has the quote-unquote size that you like to see from a tackle is Braden Keim. Uh, a former walk-on from Alta High School has developed very nicely as a preferred walk-on to the BYU football program, has put on a bunch of weight since his time as a hawk up there in the south part of the Salt Lake Valley playing for the Alta High School program program but I think he's more of a guard prospect but listed at six foot eight 280 pounds that seems screams prototypical tackle size we'll see if maybe moving out is something he can do I project him more playing on the interior at guard so like I said I think the top two contenders at left tackle this spring are going to be Blake Freeland as well as Harris Lachance whoever proves they're more adept to play on that blind side and they feel like the coaching staff especially Daryl Funk, the new offensive line coach, who he thinks is most capable of that position, well, they'll probably lock that one down. And funny enough, like I said, the quote-unquote loser of that battle, well, his consolation prize is, oh yeah, you get to start right tackle, son. Yeah, that seems like a pretty bad consolation prize, doesn't it? But I think the good news is BYU appears to be in pretty good hands tackle-wise. They need some development from some of the young guys on the offensive line. We talked about that in our debriefing when we talked about the offensive line. You're going to need this young crop of talent incoming to really step up and develop, develop quickly. But should they do that? BYU is going to be right back in the business of having one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the Western United States, and that should excite you as a BYU fan. All right, coming up here in just a minute is the Twitter Thursday. We'll get to your guys' questions. I put out a request for them last night. Didn't get a lot of response, obviously, with the Jazz playing and the like, but we will answer your questions. Also talk about some of the other BYU news you need, you need to know about as a Cougar fan. Tough loss for the BYU baseball program against UT Austin. We'll touch on it all coming up here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. We've talked a lot about this company. There's no doubt about it. Many of you have reached out and said, Jake, you talk a lot about Bet Online, but I cannot encourage you guys enough. If you want to get into the sports betting realm, do it with our friends at Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports action and bet on it and it's fun to do honestly it is it adds another element to your sports watching nba's in action college hoops hockey baseball's on its way golf is ongoing they also do awards shows tv shows reality tv all the prop bets you could ever muster are available if you're an fcs football fan they even do that guys take advantage of it now you can sign up for free at betonline.ag and they're still offering a 50 percent welcome bonus to you our listeners all you got to do is take advantage of that, get the free money to bet with, is use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit. You get 50% of your money added to your account. You donate, you put in 10, not donate, you put in $10, you're going to have $15 to play with. $100, $150. It's a real simple way to do the math, and it's free money from our friends at Bet Online. Take advantage of it now. BetOnline.ag using the promo code Locked On when you make that first deposit to get that 50% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of our friends at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, folks, it is a Twitter Thursday here on the podcast, and that means we are answering your questions you submitted on Twitter. Put out the request late last night, and that's my apologies. I probably should have done it earlier on in the day, but I had a busy day on the docket. Uh, got my taxes done. Got a lot of different things done. But nonetheless, yeah, some of you guys responded. Let's answer those questions real quick, and then we'll catch up on some of the news and notes on our way out the door here. Starting off with our good friend Chris Murphy, a longtime listener. Chris, cannot thank you enough for your support of the podcast. You put in this question said any info on BYU trying to add Brandon Cahoe from Alabama well um Ale Cahoe or Brandon Cahoe is a guy who formerly of Reno High School, formerly a BYU commit, similar to what we talked about with Jacob Robinson earlier on on this podcast. Uh, Cahoe ended up as a four-star prospect out of the Reno area, ultimately decided that BYU wasn't for him, and then ultimately ended up at Alabama after transferring and It's a big convoluted mess with regards to him. I know BYU has expressed interest in him based on what I have heard, but it does sound like he may end up going to another program. Uh, San Diego State has been mentioned considering his brother is playing for the Aztecs, but we'll see. I think BYU will express their interest. Just a matter of seeing if he is the right fit. Could he be a guy that comes in and contributes? We talked about linebackers on yesterday's podcast. BYU stacked the linebacker position, which is what Cahill plays. I think there would be some interest from BYU, but I'm not necessarily thinking they're going to bust down his door looking to sign him. And this is kind of goes back to BYU. I've talked about this on the podcast. In terms of their targets originally in the transfer portal, it was defensive back and offensive line. Well, they have kind of addressed the offensive line issue. No, excuse me, the defensive back issue, not the offensive line issue. Defensive back issue with Jacob Robinson. They'll keep an eye out, I'm sure, for another transfer, potentially as a safety uh, from the transfer portal. But linebacker's not a pressing need in all reality. So I don't know if I can say that BYU is going to try and land him right away, Chris, but they will express some interest and we'll have to see what happens. But it sounds like uh, there are other programs in play. His brother playing at San Diego State is obviously a natural fit. Nick Chadwick, another longtime listener of the show. Nick, hope you're doing well. He sent in a Coach Guilford and his eyes emoji tweet. Any ideas what that means? Based on what I understand, because it was around the same time that Jacob Robinson announced that he was transferring to BYU, I think it's in relation to that. If it's something else, I am unaware of it. If I learn what it is, I'll be happy to pass it along. But just doing my internet sleuthing work, if you will, I think it's just a reaction from Coach Guilford, who will be presumably the position coach for a guy like Jacob Robinson, acknowledging that he is coming to BYU and he's looking forward to having him in his position group. So thank you to you guys who sent in those questions, both Chris and Nick. Uh, If you guys send those in after I finish recording this podcast, hey, I'll hold on to them until next week. We'll have some fun then. But a big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast. All right, catching up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan today. BYU Baseball opened their series at Austin or at UT Austin yesterday, taking on the Longhorns of Texas. And BYU hung in there against uh, Texas, one of the nationally ranked programs, a powerhouse down there in the Big 12. But in the eighth inning, Texas uh, pushed three runs across the plate, ended up that being the final three to one as BYU falls in the opener. So a tough loss for BYU baseball, but I do think they proved some things. Austin Deming, uh, he had a solo shot home run to get BYU on the board with their lone run of the game. They'll be back in action. It'll be a matinee today. It was supposed to be a night game, but due to expected inclement weather, they've actually moved up first pitch to noon mountain time. Uh, I believe there will still be a live broadcast on uh, BYU Cougars, the BYU radio network. Also, the Longhorn Network is streaming 
streaming these games or uh, putting them on TV. So if you get that as part of your TV package, you have access to watch ESPN, etc. You should be able to watch the Cougars in action. Once again, first pitch scheduled today, a matinee at 12 p.m. Mountain Time. Other notes to be aware of include BYU Men's and Women's Cross Country. A big congratulations to both programs. They won the WCC titles, team titles, for the third straight year. The men's team won their sixth straight West Coast Conference championship. Uh, they're chasing another national title this year. Had another phenomenal showing down there in Las Vegas at the 2021 20, WCC championships. Uh, Connor Mance won his second league title with a winning time of 22 minutes, 54.4 seconds atop the men's race. It was held at Craig Ranch Regional Park in North Las Vegas. Uh, the junior Skyview product led the led six Cougars in the top 10 with his sixth first place finish of his collegiate career. So a great showing for the men's cross country program. They're looking to repeat as national title contenders, looking the part so far. And then congratulations also to the women's team. It's great to see them winning as well. Uh, Portland's Anna Pataki went from 11th last year to first place to win the individual title. But Aubrey Frethenway and Anna Camp Bennett added second and third place finishes to help the Cougars coast to a 28-point victory and cruise past the Pilots in second place with 49 points. A great showing for both the men's and women's cross-country programs. A big congratulations to them. They deserve everything that good that's coming to them. And here's hoping they can continue to build on that as now they move forward to the NCAA regionals and obviously the NCAA championships as well. Congratulations to Riley Jensen McFarland as well as Autumn Moffat Korth. They were named the West Coast Conference Player and Pitcher of the Week for the conference announced in their initial softball Player of the Week awards. Uh, Riley Jensen McFarland had a 632 batting average through five games, including four home runs during the weekend at the St. George Classic last weekend. Uh, Moffat Korth started three games over the weekend, pitching 17.1 innings. She had a one-hit shutout against Montana while also striking out a career-high nine batters. She also followed up with a complete game against Nevada, retiring nine batters in that one. She pitched her way to all wins while maintaining just a minuscule 1.21 ERA in all of those games. So congratulations to both players on that. Uh, women's softball will be in action today, opening up playing the Wildcat Invitational in Tucson, Arizona. They actually had a very early game, 9 a.m. against Seattle University and followed it up at 3 p.m. against number three, Arizona, the host of the Wildcat Invitational. So chance for BYU to pick up a couple of wins there. Women's basketball also in action tonight as they take on Santa Clara and men's basketball tonight takes on San Francisco. So those of you getting out to the Merritt Center tonight should have a fun one. Going to be a limited amount of fans. It sounds like no more than 2,000. I know uh, Mark Pope said 1,750. I think that left out uh, players, coaches, and family and friends. So I'm expecting around 2,000 people total at the Marriott Center tonight as BYU takes on San Francisco. Looking forward to that. It's should be a fun one. It'll be on the CBS Sports Network. I just feel like tonight, in terms of a preview of this game, there's not really that much we don't know about USF at this point. BYU should be heavily favored. They should win this game. They should continue their win streak and prove, hey, we are among the best, if not the second best team in this conference. Number one, Gonzaga is far and away the best team. There's no doubt about that. But I think the Cougars are proving quickly that they are the class of the conference outside the Bulldogs, and they they are well on their way to the NCAA tournament, and 
it, it's looking like it's going to be a fun spring, folks. I am super excited for this 7 o'clock Mountain Time tip-off as BYU and USF square off on the CBS Sports Network. There will also be also a live broadcast on the BYU Radio Network as well. Greg Rubel, as well as Mark Durant, will be on the call. We'll recap that game tomorrow. Also looking ahead to the St. Mary's matchup, the regular season finale on Saturday night on tomorrow's podcast. And then one other note is that men's volleyball, they are in action in Grand, at Grand Canyon in Phoenix, Arizona tonight. It is the third straight time these programs have met. First two are in Provo last weekend. These next two starting tonight are in Phoenix down there at GCU. Uh, that match will begin at 6 p.m. I've not seen a link for live streams. So you may have to search around and see if you can find something, but best of luck to the number one ranked BYU men's volleyball program in action tonight as they take on the Antelopes. Alright, that is where we will leave it here on a Thursday edition of the podcast. Please follow the show on social media. Search out Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. Or feel free to email us anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And a big thank you for your continued support of this podcast every single day. I hope you all are doing well. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 25th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys manana.